Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. It is a good day. It's a great day, actually. It's a great day for hockey because the Penguins season starts tonight. We're recording on Wednesday, but as you're listening to this episode, it will be opening day for the Penguins. They're going to take on the Arizona Coyotes in Pittsburgh at 7 p.m. Really looking forward to that game. And we talked a lot last week about how the Penguins weren't cap compliant, but they did what they had to do. Seemed like they kind of took on some kind of witchcraft to make it happen, but they are cap compliant now. They sent Ty Smith and Mark Friedman down and a couple other things, not re- not reclaiming uh, Redeem Zahorna. That was, that was interesting, but we're going to get into that right now. So the Penguins, cap compliant, finally. They are down a couple defensemen at the professional level, obviously, because uh, Mark Friedman down in Wilkesbury. So what what all went into that process? Like Taylor, what are what are your thoughts on how they did it, the method, and the ultimate result? Like, do you feel good about their current lineup as it stands? I mean, I so they're cap compliant, but just barely. So you can carry yeah. 23 players. They can only afford 22. And we kind of knew that that would happen um, right. just just based on the cap situation. They only have $83,000 in cap space, which oh gets you nothing. Um, so they're carrying, you know, one extra forward, one extra D. Um, right now, Teddy Booger's hurt. We'll get into that more in the second segment. But mm-hmm. um, so... Right now, they don't have any extra forwards. And unless a guy's on long-term IR and you get cap relief, if, if they have another injury at forward at this point, we're talking about which, which defenseman can move up and play forward. So that's how, yeah. tight, thing, you know, that's how tight things are. Um, they don't have any room for recalls. So I, this was a good way to get cap compliant to start, but I still mm-hmm. think a, a trade is – coming kind of has to come you you can't go through the whole season with one extra forward one extra d no room for for call-ups um without yeah. using long-term ir so i still think trades coming at some point but uh for short term this is probably fine but as far as what they did to get compliant um i think it probably couldn't have gone better like i mean they did lose redeems the horner we talked about that mm-hmm. In the last segment, in the last episode, we'll talk about how they had the opportunity to get him back. But um, 
I mean, Ty Smith going down was, I think, a little interesting because last last mm-hmm. week we, we talked about what they're going to do with the defense, and it's like, well, Ty Smith going down makes sense because he is exempt from waivers, and it's an easy, risk-free way to make sure you don't lose one of your nine defensemen. But then also, he had only been with Ruda as a pairing the entire you know training camp preseason when they moved into the NHL groups, you, you know, we didn't see Ruda working mm-hmm. with Pierre Joseph or Friedman or, you know, Chad Ruidel, which you'd think that like, if they knew Ty Smith was going to go down, that uh, they would have done some experimenting. Yeah. And like, I, I, I know that, you know, some people were like, Oh, well, Ty Smith, it's very obviously just like a paper move, paper transaction. He's going to be back. They're going to find a way to, you know, they're going to put P.O. on waivers and then bring him back up. No, that's not – that isn't what's happening. Um, yeah. He's in Wilkes-Barre. His locker's cleared out. His nameplate is gone. <laughs> it's empty. Uh, he is physically in Wilkes-Barre. Uh, when, the day after they sent him down, I asked Sullivan about, you know, that decision. And he had said, you know, we – they were on the phone with uh, J.D. Forrest, Wilkes-Barre's head coach, both him and Todd Reardon just to talk with him about Ty Smith and um, they're going to keep, you know, in touch. They have a good line of communication uh, throughout the season just to monitor his progress. So they're working under the plan that Ty Smith is going to be in Wilkes-Barre for, to start for at least a little bit, yeah. uh, which isn't the worst thing in the world. He has, you know, uh, deficiencies with the defensive game. He can play big minutes down there, work it out. He's never been in the AHL before, but um, it's not like he was on a real contender in New Jersey. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's a little different. But, you know, yeah, they got J.D. Forrest. He, I mean, he's a good defensive coach down there. Um, they did just hire Sheldon Brookbank as the assistant coach, who was uh, just an assistant coach in Chicago in the NHL. He had a long career as a defenseman himself as in the NHL, so... Ty Smith, he's in good hands, and, and like Ty Reardon, still going to be working with him from afar and keeping in touch. So, um, I think we'll see Ty Smith up here at some point if they can fi- if they can open a spot via a trade. Um, but it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a little, I mean, did you think he was going to go down? I I I thought they were going to keep him, even though it didn't make sense. Yeah, I thought they were going to keep him just based on the way that they were playing him. Yeah. And he seemed like he, he showed some flash and promise a little bit here and there. But yeah, that, that surprised me. The way that things were leaning up until a couple days ago, it, it did seem like POJ was going to be potentially the guy who was sent down and they were mm-hmm. going to keep Ty Smith up. But honestly, and we'll get into actual lines and pairings in the second segment, but it's probably for the best. And also Mark Friedman's down now too. Like he's, he's another casualty of the, this cap situation and he will not be starting the season with the, at the NHL level. Yeah. I feel like of PO Friedman and Ruidel, the one that was maybe the easiest of the three to pass through waivers probably would have been Friedman and like he did he did clear findings in Wilkes-Barre P.O. just you know he's a little bit younger has a higher ceiling he could have been appealing to a young team like Arizona Chad Ruidel I mean he's obviously an older guy but if a team is looking for a seventh defenseman Chad has shown an ability to Mm -hmm. sit 
long periods of time not playing and then get in and still be effective that's a skill in yeah. and of itself to be mm -hmm. a really really good seventh defenseman so if a team needed a seventh defenseman he's also very cheap he, he could have been a good yeah. pickup for someone but uh mark friedman mark friedman i think could be a regular in the nhl too and just his ability to be a pest is something that I think the yeah. Penguins would like to have on a regular basis, but he's just a, mm -hmm. a victim of a numbers game. But, um, yeah. I mean, if he's in Wilkes-Barre for any amount of time, rivalries in the AHL are different because you you play your rivals so you know much more than in the NHL. Like, mm -hmm. Wilkes-Barre can play the Hershey Bears 12 times, and those oh games God. get needed. <laughs> so having Mark Friedman for those games – I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for that. I think I'd rather see Mark Friedman up at the NHL level. But um, yeah, I, good that the Penguins didn't didn't lose him because if they do end up having room later on in the season, and you're gonna go into a game where you need someone like him and what he brings, they, they'll they'll have the option to bring him up if they can figure out the yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah and. So Redeem Zahorna, he had the opportunity to come back to the Penguins and they did not reclaim him. So what does that mean for him and what does that mean for the Penguins? Why, why do you think they didn't take yeah. him back? So we talked about this last week and how like, oh, like there's no reason not to. If they put him on waivers and they're the only team that puts in a claim, they can take him, put him right back in Wilkes-Barre. No team put in a claim. So he's 100% calgary's they can do what they want with him they can send him down to their ahl affiliate which is also in calgary um and i saw people you know talking like oh why wouldn't why wouldn't they there's a pretty good reason and i think the timing of when calgary waited to put him on waivers was very intentional um, mm -hmm. Because it really kind of forced the penguins hand and made it difficult for them to reclaim him so um there were there were four scenarios that could have happened with the Flames putting Redeem Zahorna on waivers. So scenario one, the Penguins don't put in a claim. No other team puts in a claim. That's what happened. And then so that when that happens, Cal Calgary can send them down to their AHL affiliate. Scenario yeah. Two, yeah. Scenario two, if the Penguins put in a waiver claim, no other team puts in a waiver claim. Like we said, the Penguins get redeems the Horna, can put him in Wilkes-Barre. That would have been ideal. Um, scenario three, the Penguins put in a waiver claim. A team that was worse than them in the standings last season also puts in a waiver claim. The second team gets the Horna. That's how they work out the waiver priority. There's, it's not like okay. a the Penguins don't get first dibs. The team that was worse than him last season would have gotten him. And then it just would have been like neutral. The Penguins, they don't lose anything, but they don't get any, anything. Yeah. But if the Penguins would have put in a waiver claim and a team that was better than them in the standings last season also put in a waiver claim, the Penguins would have gotten Zahorna, but they would not have had the ability to put him in Wilkes-Barre. They would have had to keep him on the NHL roster for the time being. They could have put him on waivers the following day and gotten rid of him. But if you look like the timing of when this happened, um, it was Saturday to Sunday was that waiver period. The Penguins were kind of in cap hell as it was. Yes. And yeah. if the Penguins, so if the Penguins would have claimed Zahorna at Sunday and this would have happened where they would have been stuck with him on the NHL roster, 
they would not have been able to get him off the roster before Monday at five o'clock when rosters were due. And mm. he would have put them over the cap. It would have forced the only way to get compliant would have been a trade. Um, and the Penguins would have had no way of knowing that a, another team would or wouldn't be putting in a claim for him. It would have been a real risk if they would have, um, cause you know, they would have had to put him on waivers, but they would have had to wait till Monday at two o'clock to put him on waivers. And then it, he wouldn't have been able to come off the roster until Tuesday. Yeah. Too late. So, I mean, ultimately no team put in a waiver claim like it, that it wouldn't have happened, but they didn't, they would they had no way of knowing. Yeah. That wouldn't have happened. So, um, kind of, kind of sucks because they could have, they could have had him back, but also knowing that, there was a real, you know, risk of this backfiring and r- kind of <laughs> screwing everything up. Zahorn, I guess, is not worth that that risk. Knowing that you have yeah. guys like Poulin, O'Connor, Kajula, um, you know, Pustinen, uh, even Nylander down in the minors who could – a Holander who could come up and see NHL time this season. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't worth the risk. It would have been nice to have him back for the depth, but also it would not have been worth the way it could have backfired and just messed everything yeah. up. <laughs> you know? It would have just created more potential work for them to have to get around. Yeah. So it, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but they are compliant. They're ready to roll. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we can talk about the the lines and the pairings that we might see tonight in the game against the Coyotes. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. So the lines are pretty, they look pretty set right now. The only thing that's still kind of unfortunate is that Teddy Bluger is hurt still. Uh, no no real timetable on his return. What is, it seems kind of like it's kind of vague up in the air. What's the status on him right now? 
Uh, yeah, they're day to day, which doesn't mean out only in a couple of days. It means they're evaluating him on a day by day basis. I know people get that confused, yeah. but yeah, they don't know. Um, upper body injury. He's still non-contact. He's not been skating every day uh, as part of his rehab process. Um, like Monday when they practice Monday, he was off. Uh, he was back with the team on, uh, on Wednesday, but still non-contact we know it's an upper body injury we don't know what exactly it is or how it happened like he did leave a practice early um when this happened I don't know if it was something that happened before and it was lingering or what I did ask him Mm -hmm. he wouldn't say but um he said he said on a number of occasions he's talked twice since he's been hurt um that it's been frustrating just uh things are progressing slower than they had hoped which doesn't sound good that's never a good thing to uh to have no that's not good no but um yeah and he was also asked just uh if he could be ready uh or when he thinks he'll he'll be ready to to actually get into a game he said he doesn't know uh Mike (laughs) Sullivan he said he's not ruling anyone out for the opener but I think you can probably assume Teddy's going to be out for the opener, given that he hasn't even practiced with contact yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, not not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. So that means that Ryan Paling is yeah. in at fourth line center. So what can we expect from that fourth line? Because it's it feels like it could be a wild card. It could go either way. Yeah, I I. I think this, regardless of who's at center, I think this could be a good energy line. I know that Josh Archibald has been uh, anointed the new whipping boy of the of the fan base. Uh, you know, bit. it's been Dominic Simone, Zach Aston Reese, Jack Johnson, Rob Scuderi. You know, there's been a long line of these guys, mm-hmm. um, whether it's warranted or not. Josh Archibald is uh, that's his job now <laughs> to take all the props. Yep. Because I think, you know, everyone, whatever, during the season, they're going to look at him and they're like, that's why the Zahorn is gone. Mm-hmm. Or that's why Sam Poole is not up here. Yeah. We we talked about it before. He was not worth like a 900000 one way day one of free agency. Besides yeah. the point, it's over. Oh, well. mm-hmm. For what he can bring to the fourth line, I think he, is, he can be an effective guy in that fourth line, but real energy line. Uh, he's, he's fast. They can ship in offensively. Uh, when needed, he can play physical, maybe not as physical as someone like, like, I don't know, like a Zach Aston Reese, who they did have on the fourth line, mm-hmm. but that's definitely part of his, his game. I mean, but he's going to probably score more than someone like a Zach Aston Reese. And, you know, him and, um, McGinn have been together, um, throughout camp. It seems like they've had good chemistry from what we've seen. Teddy Bluger, he's only practiced with Teddy Bluger like twice now in um in in camp but that's just Teddy coming in um after his injury non-contact so they yeah. really haven't you know they they didn't play a game together yet but they are very familiar with each other because they were in Wilkesbury together for a number of years uh I asked Archibald about it he said he doesn't think they were ever line mates down in Wilkesbury but they were down there together for um I want to say like parts of like four, three or four seasons. And then they also did, 
back in the early days of the beauty league, Archibald used to spend his summers in Minnesota mm. and they would, they would train together. Uh, they would some play together in the, the beauty league to work out in the gym. So they know each other well. They're familiar with each other and each other's games. So um, even though we really haven't, we haven't seen them together a whole lot. Uh, they at least have that level of familiarity, but yeah, yeah I think, Regardless of if it's Paling or Joseph at center, um, I think this is a it can be a good energy line, physical, chip in offensively when needed, reliable defensively. I think when Teddy's back, Paling will be the thirteenth forward. Um, yeah, you could see Paling. He can play center. He can play wing. So you might see him move over and bump Archibald out. Mm-hmm. But uh, based on what we've seen with the line combinations in these past couple of practices, I think Paling would be the the odd man out but it, it could go either way yeah we won't know until we see paling play a little bit and see how teddy progresses in his recovery another interesting thing and kind of exciting thing is that poj has been uh, paired up with ruda on that on that final uh defensive pairing so what what do you expect to see from poj because it feels like even if it's unspoken it's kind of like a make it or break it moment for him on whether the team's gonna if he's worth keeping around because we just don't really know we haven't seen that much of him at this level yeah that's another one that I thought could go either way with so I mean obviously Ruda was going to be on the third pairing whether he was going to be with Pio or Chad um on Monday's practice they were uh, they were rotating. Um, seems like it could have. They were giving either guy a shot with him, but yeah. Based off of Wednesday's practice combinations, Pio was with Ruda. Chad was on an extra defense pairing with Teddy Bluger, so that's a pretty good indication that it's going to be Pio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pio. The the knock on him throughout camp has been that Mike Sullivan wants him to. He he. Take what the game gives him. That's what he keeps phrasing it as. Sometimes P.O. will try to just force plays that aren't there or try to do too much on mm. his own, and that can lead to um, him making mistakes. I, he, I think from you know the game one of the preseason to, to the end, I think he has improved in that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like his, his best game in the preseason was undoubtedly that last one. Um, and he didn't have any any turnovers in that game. Yeah. He did have a couple of, um, I you know I know he had a takeaway and a couple of good plays, um, uh, like offensively too. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's a pairing that, um, you know, Root is a physical guy. He can go to the net front. Pio, I think he can bring a little bit more of an offensive. Uh, dimension to that to that pairing yeah get a just get a shot through um create rebound opportunities for the other guys on the ice so um nice to see po stick around just because talking Mm -hmm. to him he's just like a ray of sunshine Um, yeah like we talked about it like when things were you know this is this had to have been a tough situation for him coming in you know nine defensemen it did look like he was on the outs in the beginning just it seems like he never got frustrated over it. Just had the greatest mind, yeah. mindset. I asked him, like when when he was talking about this and how you know maybe this was, uh, like the preseason, his last preseason game. That could have been like a last audition for him. Just never seemed concerned at all. And I was like, do you ever get frustrated about 
anything. <laughs> <And> he's <laughs> like, no. And he really doesn't. I think the only thing that bothers Pio is if you call him Pierre. He hates that. <laughs> Either Pio or Pierre Olivier. Don't call him Pierre, though. But Pierre, just Pierre. Good to know. Yeah, good to see him um, sticking around. Again, there still could be moves made. You know, mm-hmm. they did uh, offer him up via trade to every other team, and there were no takers. I don't think that's an indication that teams don't think he has potential, but rather just the Penguin situation at the time. Other teams knew that they were going to have to put a defenseman through on waivers, and so if mm-hmm. Pio was the odd man out, I'm, I think te- other teams were looking at that like, why would we trade for him when you're probably going to have to waive him in a couple of days and we can get him for free anyway? Right. Yeah. So I don't think the fact that there are no takers is that I don't think that says much about Pio as a player, mm-hmm. but just rather the the situation, and also teams just don't have the cap space to like that would have been partially that it would have been a salary dump teams don't have the money for that a team like toronto has four dollars in cap space (laughs) that's good to know it's not just the penguins at least there there are like four teams like vegas toronto i i can't remember the other two off the top of my head but without using ltir they have a combined 220 dollars in cap space like things are things are bad across the league that's pretty bad yeah yeah not great, but it is exciting. We'll get to see POJ uh, a, a good bit, and yeah, we'll see what he can do. Hopefully, he can he can make his mark on the on the roster and stick around. Uh, let's take one more break, and we will be right back. So the NHL isn't the only league that does outdoor games. The AHL also hosts an outdoor classic that is going to be March 4th, 2023. And it's going to feature a matchup between the Wilkes-Barre Penguins and the Cleveland Monsters, who are the affiliate for the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's an exciting thing. And it's going to be at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. So big, big arena. Yeah. Yeah, the Browns Stadium. Really looking forward to it. Um, the AHL, they, this is their 11th outdoor game. Um, they do it, so they've been, they do it most years. They haven't had one since 2018. This is the second one for, for Wilkes-Barre. The last one was 2013. Uh, them in her, she, I went to that one as a mm-hmm. fan. Um, they Ooh. won two to one in overtime. Paul Thompson was the hero. Um, Jeff Zatkoff was a goal. Uh, Brian Dumoulin played in that game. Wow. Brian Dumoulin oh played in like six outdoor games. Um, he's like with the Penguins, with Wilkes-Barre, Boston College, they did it. So he's a pro. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to to this in Cleveland. Yeah. It's not, it's not a rivalry. Like they never really play each other. Um, so it's not going to be, you know, like I, I don't know how he did the game is going to get. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it should be, should be pretty fun. Yeah, and the weather in March should be pretty good for that, too. Hopefully yeah. no uh, crazy snow or rain, but it shouldn't be too warm. So the conditions should be solid for yeah. that. That's exciting. Something to look forward to. So, Taylor, we talked about this in between recording segments last week, but you said that you um, wrote up a piece uh, just kind of talking to different players about different fun things. So I'm going to 
going to have you kind of share with people what the questions you asked were and what the answers you got were because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so I'm doing a new feature this season. I'm calling it Survey Says. Basically, I go around the locker room, um, ask as many, I'm not getting the entire demon, that would be impossible, but just as many guys as I can and asking them the same uh, question. So the the way I did it to start, I have eight different questions, just like fun stuff that lets you get to know them more, um, their thoughts on different things. And I, I asked each guy the same, like, eight questions. And then every week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's not like a – I'm not married to any date. Um, just running all of their answers to um, to one question. So the first week, I, I asked them all what they thought about the RoboPigeon logo. Um, overwhelming support. A, a lot of them – I thought it was interesting that they talked about um, Yager first and foremost when they look at that. Um, yeah. A lot, most of them said Yager first ahead of Mario. Some of them said Yager, only Yager. Uh, Brock McGinn said Kovalev. Dumlin said off Samuelson. Casey oh, said good. Tom Barrasso. I thought that was interesting. But um, So the, the one I ran last week, uh, I asked them all which teammate they would not want to have as a roommate on the road. <laughs> and now, like, they don't, they don't have roommates on the road anymore. Everyone's guaranteed a... Um, uh, a single room on the road unless you're on an entry-level contract. Now that Ty Smith is down, no one's on an entry-level contract. So no, no one has a roommate um, anymore. But, yeah, it was it was just a very fun um, – a, a lot of funny answers. So I'll, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just pull it up. Um, first of all, number one answer was Mark Friedman. Um, <laughs> and they weren't saying it like he is a jerk. It wasn't like that. It just sounds like he's so wired that a lot of yeah. guys couldn't handle it. Um, <laughs> especially the ones that like to, to nap, um, you know, like mm. often or a long time. They're like, yeah, he's, he doesn't sit still. He has a lot going on. Um, but also the, the number two answer is Jason Zucker. Um, which kind of similar to mm. a lot of guys said he's loud. Um, mm. Sid said Zucker, just, he said he'd be all over me. He's always giving me a hard time. I feel like he'd be giving me a hard time <laughs> uh, the whole time. Um, I did think it was funny, Mark Friedman, um, when I got to him. I So to I don't know if he'd be interested in like just – answering these like bs questions but i was like i I gotta talk to you because guys gave you for some of the answers and like i had asked him a couple of questions to that point that were like which teammate this and then but then once i got to which teammate would you not want to be roommates with he's like is this where they said me (laughs) like he's very self-aware and i'm like maybe uh he knew yeah (laughs) He said Zucker. Oh. For, he said Zucker's too loud. So if Friedman thinks mm. Zucker's too much. I think that puts Zucker over the top. Um, yeah, kind of damning. I did think it was funny. Gensel said Latang because he's on his phone all day watching Instagram. Um, and then oh my Cap- God. Cap- said Gino because um, he'd be on his phone more than talking to him, and that he'd speak <laughs> Russian too much. Um, I thought that was funny. And then um, Rust, Rust and Zucker have this fun little rivalry. Um, I mean, so they've they played against each other since they were, like, teenagers. 
Um, like they go, they go way back and they are, you know, friends, but when they talk about each other, they, it's, it's just been a running thing where they talk about each other, like they hate each other. Um, so, you, you know, one of these questions, the one I'm actually going to run this week, um, it was like who, who they want to be roommates with the most. And when I asked Zucker that, he's like literally anyone other than Brian Rust. <laughs> Although then I'm like, okay, so like his answer for who he wouldn't want is, is Brian Rust. And I said, why? And he said, oh, Brian Rust for sure. I hate that guy. I've hated him since we were 15. And like he's saying this so straight faced. Like, Oh, that's funny. Totally serious. And, but like then he'll look over, oh. you know, Brian Rust sits maybe like four seats down from him. He'll like look over to see if he heard him. And he's like smiling. And- <laughs> But then Brian Ross said the same thing. He said he said probably Zucker because he talks too much. He likes to hear himself talk. I don't think I'd be into that. Totally serious. <laughs> but then he'll, he'll like look over at, at Zucker to see if he heard. Oh my um, god. Casey Casey to Smith, his answer was really funny too, because I asked him and he just goes, Gino. I'm like, why Gino? And he's like, I don't think he likes me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yes, because he makes things on Gino in practice. But yeah, he's just like, I don't think he likes oh me. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> and then um, poor Pio. Pio, I asked Pio Joseph too, and so I asked these questions before last Monday. And Pio, his answer was the most Pio thing of all time. Um, he said, "I'm going to say Zahorna because I know we wouldn't be sleeping at all. I feel like we'd be laughing and joking around too much." So. His answer is a horner just because he likes them too much and they'd have too much fun and wouldn't sleep, which is just the oh, most so wholesome. Yeah, it's the most PO way to answer that question. Um, yeah, so it's not for him that, that he lost the horner, but um, yeah, those are, those are the answers I got to that. I have a lot of yeah fun ones. Like I so I said who they would want to be roommates with. That's coming up. Um, I asked. Uh, um favorite road city least favorite road city those are ones that are coming um who their favorite player was growing up that's a that's another good one i got half the team said peter forsberg which i thought was kind of weird um <laughs> uh, just <laughs> kind of random not, i mean not really i guess but um uh I, a good one is i asked which teammate they think couldn't make it in another sport and do well at it and like which sport and why mm. that's some random answers um and of course i asked this before zahorna got claimed so yeah there's like a couple people picking zahorna for multiple sports just because he's tall uh, he's so tall that's i was hoping they'd reclaim him because i was like i got this story coming <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh my goodness that's coming a couple of others. If anyone has like ideas for for like questions like that, because I'm going to be doing these. I plan is once a week all season. Like tweet at me, leave a comment. Where I don't know wherever you see this. Um, I, I someone left an idea. Uh, one of like who, ha, why they all wear the numbers that they do. I think that's an interesting one. Yeah, some of them we know about, but a lot of the like these newer mm-hmm. guys, we don't. Um, stuff yeah. like that. I love to do like holiday themed ones. Like Halloween, like what's your favorite Halloween candy? Favorite costume growing up, like that kind of stuff. That's what I want to do with this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just, I just love that kind of stuff. It's not like serious exes and it was hockey, but I feel like this is the kind of stuff that, like, I could write about the power play, you know, and like we do that kind of stuff too. But then I do something like this, and this gets like twice as many views because I, 
you know, anyone can watch the games, but the, I feel like this kind of access stuff is what the fans uh, really like. And if, I know, like, old school, you know, writers don't don't see it that way. And I've seen comments like, oh, well, <laughs> like, knocking me for writing human interest stories. But um, it, the, it brings a third dimension to right? the players, and it makes them seem more human because they are human. And I think that that's the reason people gravitate towards sports to begin with is the human element of it. So I, I think they're great. Um, I would love to know personally if they were going to a sporting event, who, who they'd want to go with, like just traveling, uh, drinking buddy, like, cause you can re you can really learn a lot about people based on who they'd want to do what with. And the Mm -hmm. roommate thing is fascinating because it's like, okay, yeah, I could, I can think of people that I know and love that I'd be like, I don't want a room with you. No, get out of my face. Like this is not, this is not the right setting, but that's, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. Um, So one final fun little thing you said that uh, Nikita Malkin was in the, was in the locker room the other day. How was that? Yeah, it's it just uh, cool to cool to see him. It, it, he's six years old, uh, Malkin's kid. Yeah. It, it was funny. I, I guess like the equipment staff was on babysitting duty throughout practice because you could see them like following him around because Malkin's on the ice. Like um, Malkin's wife wasn't there, just Malkin and his kid. But yeah, when oh Malkin God. was on the ice, the equipment staff was just kind of tra- <laughs> trailing Nikita Incredible. around. But um, I mean, it's like when we go into the locker room after practice, Malkin's usually not in there. Like. The, like formal practice ends some of the players get off some of them stay on and then they kind of let us on like a couple of minutes after let us in the locker room a couple of minutes after formal practice ends. so if a player doesn't want to be in there when when the media is coming in they they can get out of there before we get in there so Malkin normally does that but uh yeah we we walk in and like no one's in the locker room yet except for yeah Nikita is just like hanging out in Malkin's stall just sitting there like swinging his feet um and he's on his phone like he's He's texting, and I'm like, how old is this kid? Like, he's six years old. But, yeah, he's texting, and he keeps leaving, like, um, like voice voice memos, like, you know, like, talking. Um, and, like, Brock McGinn, you know, sits, like, two seats down from Malkin and begins coming in. But, yeah, Malkin's kid just keeps leaving these messages, and Brock begins, like, who do you keep calling? And he's like, my mom. <laughs> so I, I thought that was funny. Um Nikita Malkin just, just hanging out in the locker room calling his mom. But it was it was just cool to see, um, like, the players interact with him. Nikita Malkin, he does speak English. I, I didn't know if he would or not, just because they do live in Russia for part of the year. Um, and he's six years old. But speaks English fine. But, yeah, it's like Tristan Jari comes in. He, like, Nikita's wearing a little baseball cap. He, like, takes it off, flips it around. And um, – Capitan uh, and Zucker were like, you know, like giving him like crap, like you know, um, ribbing him stuff like that. Uh, Crosby did come in, and he just kind of like um, knelt down and like talked with him for a little bit. I thought that was cute. Um, and then Crosby, he went to his locker, and you know, like they take off their practice jersey, and they have, most of them walk it to the laundry cart bin themselves. And um, but no, but Nikita Malkin came over and like took Crosby's jersey and like took it to the uh to the laundry for him um incredible that was cute but then yeah afterwards 
uh, like we're waiting for Sullivan. All the players are out. Nikita, he has one of the equipment cars, and he's just like running up and down the hallway outside the locker room. And then he has like a mini stick, and he's swinging it around. He like almost hit Ron Hextall <laughs> when when Hextall walked by. He came like this close to hitting Hextall with the stick, like and, and not intentionally. He was just like waving it around. Hextall thought that was funny, but uh, oh my yeah. god, Nikita Malkin, it, it's cool to see. Uh, players have their kids around. Like Dumo brings his son Brayden around a lot. Um, Petri's kid, Petri has four sons. Some of them are around. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. Um, a couple of them like skate. Um, after like uh, Dumo's son and one of Petri's sons, they're like three years old. Um, they'll skate together after practice. Uh, we've seen like Latang's son around, obviously, uh, does interviews, but, um, I would, how cool would it be if like Malcolm's an all-star and like Nikita, and he brings like Nikita and we get to interview Nikita like we did Alex Latang. Oh my gosh. Uh, wouldn't that be something? I feel like he'd be fun. Cause like Alex Latang doing like the media availability in, uh, St. Louis in 20, that was like the highlight of all-star weekend. Because it's not like we weren't asking Alex questions at first. It's like Latang's at the podium and he has Alex on his lap and, you know, someone asks Latang questions. But then Alex just starts answering the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and, like, okay. And then, like, but then he just kept doing that. So eventually Latang just, like, took him off his lap, put him down, and, like, <laughs> left. <laughs> like, just walked off to the side. <laughs> and then it was just being a re interview Alex Latang. Uh, I would love oh to. Oh my god! Yeah, if 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 Malkin, Malkin needs to be an all star so we can have that moment with with his kid because I feel like that would be pretty fun. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Hopefully, we'll see a lot of moments like that this season, and it's it's here. It's finally here. We made it to the start of the Penguin season. If you're not already following along with us, we drop new episodes every Thursday. So subscribe. Follow on Twitter just so you make sure that you never miss an episode because we're going to be giving you the coverage all season long. We're so stoked it's back. And we will see you next Thursday for another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave.